Ladies and jerks, you are about to listen to the masters of the obvious. But to be honest, they ain't masters of nothing. Sure, they may suffer from histrionic personality disorder and a multipristophilia. But so what if they're crazy? The best people are, right? But be careful. They probably will insult you. Just do like I did. Tell them, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and leaves a six-inch diameter exit wound in you, huh? So listen, you like interviews, nutty stuff, bad puns? You're going to want to stick around for this. Pudding. <laughs> Kill the track. You are listening to another episode of The Masters of the Obvious. I'm Kirsten Bozio. And I'm Cynthia Rose. On this episode, Kirsten and I discuss the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, White Lotus, OnlyFans, and why the hell aren't celebrities bathing? Celebrities? They're not like us. (laughs) We also play a game of Under Over with writer Carrie Zander. But first... We'd like to remind you to go to mastersoftheobvious.com. We have a brand new website with the same old hot merch. <laughs> There's some new shit there, too. There's some new stuff. I put some stuff on that that Kirsten doesn't know about, so go check it out before she makes me take it down. Is and it, if you, I'm, Oh, it's my butthole again, isn't it? <laughs> I know I shouldn't have sent you my colonoscopy photos. Oh, that's a whole new... That's a different website than OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> And if you'd like to support this pod and take advantage of free fucking shipping in the United fucking States, well, we really fucking appreciate you. And we're going hard for that explicit fucking stamp. Also add that it would be called only flatulence. (laughs) Oh. And hey, are you a triple layered mask? Because I sure want to put you on my face. Oh. Check out our shop and show your support at mastersoftheobvious.com. All right. Do we have anything, do, any new, anything you've been doing, anything you, you want to talk about, anything we should put in here? There's a lot of news. I don't know if you guys knew. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> if you're familiar with L.A. and things to do here, we're very into screening old movies, um, the biggest of which would be like Senespia, which is amazing. They do it at the Hollywood Cemetery, and then they have like whole ass sets that they build that you can take photos in. Street food cinema, cinema, street food cinema is very interesting in the way that they pair food trucks with the movie that you're going to watch. Before it start, the movie started, they were like, we're going to do a pop culture contest. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. And Riot's eyes light up. You got to do it, mom. You're going to destroy everyone. I'm like, you're right. I will. And guess what happened? I did. And just a bloodbath, an absolute bloodbath. Um, And I felt so bad. In fact, I started just making up bad answers. Like one of the questions was, yada, yada, Steven Spielberg's, yada, yada, Steven Spielberg's, you know, Academy Award was was what? First one. And I was like, clearly this is Schindler's List, but I'm also just going to, I feel like I'm going too hard and I'm always worried about how I'm coming off, like if I'm being too much. So I was trying to reel it back in and I just started guessing dumb shit. I was like, E.T., Indiana Jones. (laughs) And like everyone was getting it wrong and wrong. And I was like, 
chandeliers they're like you got it I'm like god damn it guys like i can't just leave no crumbs no one gets fed but anyway so i win and then i gave the the award which was hollywood forever not hollywood forever hollywood bowl tickets to the runner-up because i'm that bitch at all times i'm always that bitch um but also i'm pretty sure the last time i went to the hollywood bowl was when i was on edibles and i fell forward during a cure concert and then people thought that my husband drugged me it was a whole debacle so you know maybe not the best place for me to be anyway And there's my story. I did not lose my pop culture podcast card because I did what I did. I am qualified to some degree and I am here. And you took a picture with Matthew Lillard. Oh, and then of course I took a picture with Matthew Lillard who watched me just absolutely destroy everybody and then be very graceful and give my tickets away. Gracious. I didn't give my tickets away during the contest in front of everybody. I just walked over and I was like, here you go. And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, already happened. <laughs> Bye. Are you serious? No. Bye. <laughs> well, it'd be so much funnier. You'd be like, here's your ticket. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> no, loser. <laughs> <laughs> this pump faker. She falls backwards. I watched the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Which I think was leaked. I heard that they actually get home in the trailer. Um, no, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> there's just no fucking way. What if the whole trailer was just like signs and they're just driving? They're like, no way. Home this way. And then there's nothing. Just keep going in a circle. It's just <laughs> the dumbest trailer. I, I love the fact that we no, are. They're called, they're called roundabouts, not cul-de-sacs. I love the fact that we are definitely showing that there's a good reason why we don't make movies. <laughs> How dare you? We haven't even gotten a fair crack at it yet. We just showed that we're not capable. I make naughty movies. Oh, of I my can't. colon. Oh. Only flatulence. Please add me, subscribe. <laughs> uh, so everyone who's watched the trailer, um, which means not Kirsten, uh, is going like, ooh, Green Goblin, ooh, Doc Ock. And for me, I'm like... Wong being a parent and leaving on a trip and telling his kid, you know, his kid, Doctor Strange, to behave is like my whole mood. That, that's your mood for your own child and your adult child that you're currently talking to. <laughs> <laughs> you um, had, every single episode, you have to walk me through audio, audio settings. And I'm so proud of you for finally putting producer in your long list of things that you do on social media. <laughs> I earned that shit. You really did. Mm-hmm. You really did. I also watched the final Eternals trailer. Oh, how many of those have we gotten now? I don't know. But I watched the last one. I stuck with it. And in this trailer, it they do explain why they didn't fight Thanos. And it seems like a weak explanation. They don't really do a deep dive in the they trailer. They wash their hair. Right? It but still looks... Certain, but not wash their children. Mm. We'll, we'll cover that later. <laughs> yeah, the, the trailer, I mean, the movie still overall looks meh to me. Like, we'll see it, obviously. I don't remember, I guess at one point a million years ago when we first found out about it, I heard some hype about it. But yeah, I mean, I hear more hype about Spider-Man than anything. Spider-Man, well, you know, I loves me some Doctor Strange. Like, do that's wanna, fun. Do you want to tell our listeners a trailer that neither of us watched? <laughs> The Venom one. Oh, yeah. I heard there's a Venom trailer. And you know what? I bet Tom Hardy looks 
gorgeous. That's about that. And I was so excited to tell you this realization. I don't know if the internet realized it or I realized it first, but I also know that I have um, issues with knowing what's real or not. So, you know, jury's out. Tom Hardy has Princess Peach lips. Sure. And now I can't not see that. <laughs> Every time I see him, I'm like, here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. <clears throat> here we go. <laughs> I had to clear my throat. Did you watch okay. the trailer for the for Star Wars Visions? Wow, this is just the podcast where I just get owned super hard. And other episodes, it's just like, have you read this comic book? No. Have you read this comic book? You know what? She's, you're trying real hard to own me by... Uh, reversing you know, from, it? Mm, it's not working. So... Uh, <laughs> Star Wars Visions was yes. fucking amazing. Okay. And it's a live action. No. It's like anime. Meets, like Scanner Darkly. Meets Kurosawa. Like, it's mm. fucking gorgeous. I saw the uh, pictures from Netflix's... It's Netflix, right? Yeah, Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. Hell fucking yeah. And how turned on were you by John Cho? Uh, and John Cho's spike blew my fucking mind. Him in that fucking suit blew my fucking mind. What a beautiful man. It it, it looked, I'm just hyped. I'm hyped. I, you, you watched uh, Cowboy Bebop, correct? Yeah. It's the, if that's the only anime that I can, like, I know everyone would like if they would just watch it. Even non-anime fans. It's basically Firefly. It's so fucking good. Now, so good. It comes out November, November 19th. And I I can't wait. A lot of good shit does come out in November because that's around like Christmas season, right? Right. Another Netflix trailer that I saw was for Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert's young adult horror fantasy film called Night Books. And Kristen Ritter playing a mean, scary, sexy witch is everything. Oh, Kristen Ritter. Yeah, if I could tomorrow choose what I looked like, it would be Kristen Ritter. As that sexy, scary witch. Yeah, but just in general as well. Did you ever see Don't Trust the Bee? Yeah. So good. I love James Vanderbeek as James Vanderbeek. That's the only James Vanderbeek. Like. That's the only. I only like the. I like the original, but it was definitely a satirical version of himself, which is even yeah. better. I love when celebrities play satirical versions of themselves. So meta, so cute. I love so it. Cute. So, cute. so cute. So cute. Another thing that we're getting um, in October, uh, Disney Plus announced that it's bringing some spooky stories to Star Wars. We're getting Lego Star Wars terrifying tales. Hell yeah. Star Wars was kind of scary, though, when I first watched it. Journey Smollett is uh, getting her own movie for HBO Max. Fuck yeah. Black Canary. I'm hyped. Um, I I just started listening to the Birds of Prey soundtrack on the regular because it's beautiful. They really went... Who are the biggest stars, especially off TikTok? And can they make us a song especially for this movie? And you know what? It works. I don't know who the target audience is, but listen, it's this dumbass for sure. Do you know who's doing the Black Canary show? Tell me. Misha Green. She was a showrunner for Lovecraft Country. Could that be 
any more perfect. She's right in the script. I was just thinking too, like what great casting for as like Journey as Black Canary with actually being able to sing. Seems like that entire family is very talented musically. Yeah, I mean they had their own. Everyone Journey was in a show with all her siblings. Uh, on a- ABC Five, pretty much. They're amazing, and she's amazing, and she's so fun. And I love that she has had such a storied career with Eve's Bayou, and no, Matilda. <laughs> she was Jack. Little, she learned she how was, to improv she, from Robin Williams. She's. Wait, she's maybe she, I just. Can, I think I might have confused Matilda with Jack. <laughs> Okay. And then the same vibe. Let's be honest. But Jack was fucking done by Francis Ford Coppola. Right. But, you know. Wait. So she, this is a total sidebar. I don't have notes for this, but she, um, as a child, became friends with Francis Ford Coppola, Robin Williams, Samuel L. Jackson. So before she signed on to do Black Canary, she called up Sam Jackson and was like, hey, what's the deal with the superhero shit? Should I do this? And you know what he told her? Girl, just fucking take it on, piss on it, make it your own. (laughs) beautiful and she used to be pen pals with uh, francis ford coppola i would love to get a voice recording of sam jackson saying that to me like every day i wake up with imposter syndrome just go for it girl piss on it make it your own (laughs) you want to talk about kanye west absolutely do it girl all right well I just came to the very obvious realization to everyone around me anyway, that I probably have, I mean, obviously it's changed over time, bipolar, you know, borderline personality, DID, which like if you listen to the podcast, I'm pretty sure you could tell which episodes were being recorded when I was manic. (laughs) And I do randomly get bouts of megalomania, um, so I was talking to my good friend, Max Bemis, who was obviously a guest on the last season. Great episode, by the way. Huge talker. I'm a huge talker. Poor Sin had to sift through like a day's worth of audio for that. We could probably make another episode. We could probably just unused audio. <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, I like hit him up because my husband's like, you know what? You know, you are doing big things. You know, those are real. Don't worry. Those are real. But also you haven't slept for a week. <laughs> you're using your cane more now because your body is going out. Perhaps look into being bipolar. I mean, not look into oh, trying look into to it. be. Try yeah. it. He's like, you know what? Try you know it size. Maybe, maybe you should try the indica strain instead of the sativa. And then maybe some bipolar, like <laughs> a, a one or two bipolar edibles. Um, no, but he's just like, I, you know, for over a decade, I've just seen you go through these bouts and you're doing it to help others, but then the people that you're trying to help have to watch you kind of self-harm, right? Mm. And that's very relevant to Kanye West. And it's literally the same thing Kanye West has. So, I mean, you're basically co-hosting with Kanye West. Um, but just to do a perfect roundabout, <laughs> um, that all kind of connects together. Me. Max Bemis and Kanye West because Max Bemis has a crazy, that's a bad ableist choice of words, but a wild story about Kanye West that he he shared in a YouTube video. I think he touched on it a bit on the podcast episode, might have gotten caught out. Um, but basically, Kanye was like flying Max out. Max, of course, being his most of his fame, being from his band, Say Anything. And Kanye's like, hey, you're crazy too. I like the way you're broken. And they started hanging out and he was flying him out to Calabasas and 
Um, they were going to work on a comic book together too, because he's also a comic book writer. Well, not Kanye, but <laughs> Max's. Um, they even recorded some music together that was like unreleased. But like now I'm almost, I, I was never a Kanye apologist, but I've always kind of been like, he's obviously not right. He needs to get right. And I feel like the criticism on him is so much worse because he is a black man. Sure. Um, so I've always had some kind of empathy, but I also just can't really rationalize with some of the statements and things that he's done. No, that's but, true. I mean, I definitely like when he when he started uh, ramping up and, you know, that when he when he interrupted Taylor Swift and everyone was ragging on him for me, I love manic people. You love Courtney Love. And when he did that, I was like, oh, God, somebody's being like a uh, old-fashioned rock star. Like, remember in the days when, you know, Motley Crue used to, you know, invite Guns N' Roses to, like, a brawl? You know what I mean? Like, that kind of shit is the best. I just always, especially if I'm talking to you, I always think about Courtney throwing that compact at yes. Madonna. <laughs> I love that shit. I live for that shit. So he was stirring shit up and I live for it. But that whole MAGA shit. mm. There's this whole conspiracy. There's like a whole Twitter thread about how Kanye is friends with this like very like prolific performance artist. Right. Yeah. I've I've heard this. Yada, yada, yada. So like, yes, you could draw that much from it. But I don't think I think that it's kind of a combination of a lot of things. And as someone who was a really big fan of Kanye's music he's a genius for sure i'm not going to pretend like when he goes off on a rant and says that he's a musical genius that he's wrong he is completely a genius but like in a beautiful mind kind of way where it's just kind of like do we need to completely indulge in everything and that's the thing that with me right is that i have people like you and my husband and my assistant and some other people who realize when i'm in a state and don't enable it everyone else sees me doing everything all the time and i think it's a lot of fetishization around disabilities and me having all these issues people are like yeah go get it girl you're an inspiration i'm like i'm running myself into the ground right now and every Everyone's cheering me on as I kill myself. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with Kanye is that I don't think we need to necessarily make fun of him, but I don't think that we need to praise him either. I think we should just kind of look at him and say, that could be better. (laughs) Right. And as far as that, you know, uh, performance art thing, I don't think he's being Andy Kaufman. I really don't. Like, I I feel like... I feel like maybe he thinks he is. I don't know, man. It's it's so misguided. But anyway, he's currently taking up residence in a in Atlanta's United Stadium. I just love to think about him freaking people out yeah. in the stadium, just sneaking up on him. I am the phantom of the stadium. That's not even a Phantom of the Opera song that I'm riffing <laughs> off of. It makes no sense. I, I don't know like, any wait, Phantom of the Opera song, actually, so I'm like, yeah, it cool. It actually works perfectly because like, there's this song called um, Sing to Me, Angel of Music. And he's a musician. So. Oh, wow. Perfect. And then, and then Kanye could be like, oh. <laughs> it would just be wonderful. Um, but yeah, I kind of love that. Do you remember that one lady who like legitimately lived in Ikea? No. Oh, that was me. Just kidding. Oh, um, cool. No, it, I think it was a real story. I know there was that one monkey with a cool fur coat that was in like, was it Sri Lanka or something like that? What the fuck are you talking about? It was like running a muck in an Ikea. The Ikea monkey. Oh, okay. 
You don't know. You don't know what I'm referencing right now. No. Do I have, is this another Anne Hathaway on a subway picture type thing that you just weren't alive on I the was internet alive for? <laughs> you just had checked out of the internet for and for like left your room key somewhere and couldn't get back in. Probably. Okay. Well, IKEA monkey is a thing. And I, I don't know if the woman living in Ikea thing was a like a web series or a real thing, but I love that for her. And I would love that for me because I get a certain amount of happiness from seeing all the orderliness of all the Ikea showrooms. <laughs> I just like strolling through Ikea like I like I, it's like my mansion. I'm like, oh, yes, my modern living room. And then I shabby chic kitchen. <laughs> Hello. Here's the room for all the children I don't have. They keep it so clean. Love her. You know, <laughs> that's what I love about Ikea. <laughs> so information information episode about Ikea. <laughs> uh, to totally switch gears. Yeah. Uh, OnlyFans had plans to restrict sexual content starting in October, but I just read, I just read that they are suspending their planned policy change as of today, 825, because of the public fucking outcry. Fuck yeah. So I guess we'll see, but, um, you know... It really pissed me off when I heard the news to begin with that they were going to do this because we're still reeling from this fucking pandemic and people need to be able to make money. It's like fucking insane. We literally interviewed somebody who does OnlyFans for a living. Yeah. Like, it's just, we. I think people who did OnlyFans prior to the pandemic were ahead of the game from working at home and honestly in in prior to that there was cam girls and all kinds of people that created did sex work um from home and like i don't see how that's any more degrading than literally anything else we do we have to code switch and like compromise things all the goddamn time we might as well be making more money doing it yeah and like you said Sex workers have been figuring it out, figuring out a way to make it work for a long time. It's the oldest profession. And, you know, they've been bobbing and weaving and getting, you know, finding ways to get around whatever policies and whatever for a very long time. So even if OnlyFans decides to try and make this policy happen under the radar to avoid public scrutiny, I still think that people on OnlyFans will figure it out. And I really fucking hope that they all, because this is happening now, get together and make their own platform and fucking screw the middleman. Honestly, I think this ties really well into the comic book world, too. So you have like Marvel and DC and they have these their own IPs and they have people that write for it. But then none of the writers actually own the IPs themselves. There's not there's no creator creative control there. Right. And you have like indie companies where they do have creative control and they can create their own characters, yada, yada, yada. And there's got to be like an image boom dynamite whatever version of the dc and marvel that is like patreon and only fans sure do you love that do you love how i just made that even more relevant to the podcast <laughs> for once i didn't go on a total goose chase that ended in fighting with a goose in ikea <laughs> in, in ikea and we actually found a golden egg that tastes a lot like swedish meatballs mm. i love the way you brought you brought found a way to take it off the rails <laughs> Do you count on me? 
Uh, speaking of off the fucking rails, we're getting another He-Man cartoon separate from Kevin Smith's star-studded what? one. That's so fucking funny to me. What the fuck? We're already like, we're already James Gunning his David Ayers version. The shit is going on. I want, has someone checked on on Kevin Smith? I mean, I'm sure he's fine. He's fine. But I also just kind of like you know what? Yeah, was, he's 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 making Clerks four or some shit right now. Are they are they ever gonna get a promotion? <laughs> They're just gonna stay Clerks. Yeah. Can they at least be like franchise, 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 franchise owners by now? Franchisers. Nah. There's no fun in that. Gosh, now I just have a bunch of stuff to talk about that I've watched that you haven't, so that's fun. I want to talk about it. Okay, so hey, oh gosh, okay, this is great. Sorry, I've been too busy working my 10 jobs. Well, you've also been busy, but also can multitask better. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to shave nothing. You didn't see where that was going to go. You're like, if you're going to tell me I'm not busy, I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) Just hold on tight, baby. We're on a ride right now, and you're going to like where it's going because it's going right to Ikea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this episode is called obviously ikea <laughs> obviously ikea um so cm punk my favorite wrestler what cm punk i've never heard you say that before cm punk made his return to wrestling and therefore so have i watching that shit again he's with ae wrestling he like he did just a little promo thing like he sat down in the ring kind of like his pipe bomb in the past and and then he threw it to and he started like calling out some kid in the rafters who was standing next to sting and he had like his own version of some sting-esque makeup oh yeah i said sting i said wcw sting oh yeah he's there (gasps) he was my favorite well they're having a rivalry oh my god it's a battle of the favorites yeah 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 also how funny would it be if it was the other sting who's also my favorite i fucking hate that guy too (laughs) (laughs) so september 5th he lasts for a long time and i last for a long time no but in a different way and you get bored with both (laughs) (laughs) so september 5th we will see what's up with that but i am very fucking excited I am too. Can we do, can we make this like a like a little little date? Yeah, can we can make it an ongoing can I, segment in the fucking can I kiss up podcast. On you? Can I kiss up on you? I won't be in California on September fifth, but we can make a. I'm gonna find you with my kisser, and I'm gonna put it. No, nope, you're my oh god. Mister. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I thought this was going to go to Ikea or your rectum. I didn't know where this was going. Well, it was going to, but you stopped me. <laughs> so, speaking of fucking surreal and bizarre, I watched Brand New Cherry Flavor on Netflix. Hell yeah. A limited series with Catherine Keener and Rosa Salazar. And two of my favorite dudes, Manny Jacinto, Jason from The Good Place, and Jeff Ward, who was Deke from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's fucking fantastic. It's surreal. It's all about power dynamics and kittens, and you should watch it. I love kittens. I'm allergic to them, but it doesn't stop me. This girl throws them up. <laughs> that doesn't ever stop me. I she love throws that. up kittens. It's fucking, it's great. It's surreal. It's, it's pseudo horror ish. It's, I mean, there's a lot of murders. Yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> I mean, aside from the murder, a delight. <laughs> I mean, they say it's horror, but I mean, I was never like scared. You know, like like horror in like a Ryan Murphy way. I, could, I guess like there's witches and it's surreal. You know. Yeah, I think it's only horrifying to people who are basic. 
<laughs> people who, whose minds aren't chemically imbalanced. I don't know how to go into this. God, this is so fucking ridiculous. The naked baby on the Nirvana Nevermind album cover is suing Nirvana, claiming that that cover is child pornography. It's not wrong. I'm willing to admit that maybe he didn't get compensated as well as he should have. Maybe his parents got 200 bucks and maybe he feels used because that's where he peaked and his baby weenus was out. But I don't, I don't know. I think to claim that's child porn is just the most puritanical bullshit I've ever fucking heard. And I hope Courtney and Dave and Chris fight it fucking tooth and nail. I also feel like you're a little too close to that to make a <laughs> You honestly unbiased. want to tell me that that's child pornography just because there's a weenus out? Um, that seems like some Amer- American puritanical shit to me. I mean, I don't love it. I don't, I wouldn't do it with my own children. I wouldn't be like, here's my kid's naked body. Do with it what you will, image wise. I don't know. I feel like it's a hard call for me to make because I think I have become callous to it because I've seen it a gajillion times and uh, obviously was very into that era of music. But at the same time, it still is irresponsible and stupid. At least we could like take away from it. Like maybe don't do that with your kid's photos or your kid's body when they're a baby. I don't know. I'm of the mind that nudity isn't inherently sexual. I agree that it's not, but I also don't think it's okay to do it without someone's consent. Well, speaking of children, during a recent appearance on the Armchair Expert podcast, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis said that they don't bathe daily in reference to their kids. Quote, now here's the thing. If you can see the dirt on them, clean them. Otherwise, there's no point. Mm, I don't love it. Also, Brad Pitt and Jake Gyllenhaal are in the same camp. Does Jake Gyllenhaal have kids? For himself. Oh, okay. I thought Angelina Jolie also doesn't bathe her kids. I also have friends that do this. And I they're also anti-vaxxers, so... Yeah, I the only time that happens for me is out of laziness, not out of uh, some moral high ground or thinking that it's the best way. It's just the only way when you're lazy. <laughs> lazy are people too. Lazy are people too. And don't don't be forget. <laughs> <laughs> so I am all caught up with Ted Lasso. Yeah, you seem to be having a good time with that. Oh my god, what a wholesome treasure of a fucking fun show that is. Oof. He's a Boy Scout, right? He's oh basically my. like the Boy, a Boy Scout of a person. Just delightful. I give no shits about sports. The show's fucking got me, though. Did you I want to know into, like what Ted is up to. What's Ted doing right now? Oh my god. Did you ever get into Eastbound and Down? I watched a couple seasons of that, yeah. You were into it? Mm-hmm. It's a good time. I'm telling you, you got to watch The Righteous Gemstones. I feel like you have a Righteous Gemstones hole in your heart right now. <laughs> I probably do. You do. John Goodman? Come on. I know. I, know. I got he, it. He, he excels in comedy. It's hard for me to comedy. go back and watch things that I missed when there's like new things like, coming out. Like I just have to do it for the podcast. I can't go back and review old things. I know. I just started watching White Lotus. 
Yes, which you're very close to. Starring two of my favorite actresses, Jennifer Coolidge and Alexandria Diodaro. So good. Oh, and it's set on Maui. It's by Mike White. What the fuck is not to love? Wow. Yeah. Doesn't your friend Lottie do Alexandra's makeup? Mm-hmm. That's really, that's a, that's a movie that's in the family. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Uh, I actually um, am the White Lotus. Cute. That's my vagina. <laughs> the show centers around rich, messy white folks and their one black friend who works at the resort. Um, I've only seen one episode, but obviously these people are on vacation in a very colonized, very obviously colonized Hawaii, which is nice to see shown on TV. And the title is in reference to the Greek myth of the lotus eaters who would indulge in luxury, pleasure, and forgetfulness rather than deal with the concerns of the world around them. Yo, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> and no, that's, a, that's a very privileged place to be. Hawaii, yes. No, uh, I just mean to be a lotus eater. And uh, most people who vacation in Hawaii are. Uh, because mm-hmm. you have to be. You have to turn a blind eye to the obvious colonization and subjugation of the fucking people there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it really hits home and it really hits all the fucking tones of what it's like to work in Hawaii and deal with tourists like... And the thing I, I, I've heard people talk about this show and people talk about, oh, is Mike White qualified to, to speak on this? And I don't really know if, you know, if this is the, if this is what he's trying to portray and this and that. And does he know enough? And I don't think people know that actually Mike White has a house in Hawaii and he lives there at least part of the time. And I, you, I can tell by watching the show that he yes. has a connection. And to you're Hawaii. the most critical about those things. Yes. Well, and also I, 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 I did work with Jennifer Coolidge in Hawaii at Mike's house after. Uh, principal filming for White Lotus wrapped. That was one of your first gigs post, I mean, not post, but mid COVID. <laughs> mid COVID. Um, yeah. Movid. Movid. Anyway, it's great. They are fucking delights. And I can't wait to keep talking about this show. And I hope you watch it. It's, it's, are great. we going to get her on or what? It's, Jen- it's just, our old pal Jenny coming on the show. You know what? After watching the show, I, I want more, I want Mike White. To come on the show. Mm. He's a fucking, he's a gem. So I've got a very stupid story to tell now. Are you ready? You want to listen? I mean, okay. you sold me already by the stupid story. I'm probably going to cut it out, but I got to tell you the story. Because okay. it fucking tickled me to no end. Tickled you on what end? No end. None. None end. <laughs> I just love old people fights. Yeah. Okay. Same. So I'm going to set the stage. Martha's Vineyard, bougie Martha's Vineyard, grocery store. Yes. Trump and Epstein lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, and Larry David of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm very invested. So Alan Dershowitz comes up to Larry David and tried to have a conversation. And Larry David had no time for this fucknut. Conversation went like this. Dershowitz. We can still talk, Larry. David. No, no, we can't. We really can't. I saw you. I saw you with your arm around Pompeo. It's disgusting. (laughs) Dershowitz. He's my former student. I greet all of my former students that way. I can't greet my former students. David. It's disgusting. Your whole enclave. It's disgusting. You're disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets worse. So Dershowitz put fucking... pop a hip. 
Oh, in a fucking grocery store in Martha's Vineyard. I like fucking, you can hear, you can like over, like in the background, you hear like center. What are, what are those centrum silvers like rattling? <laughs> <laughs> so Alan Dershowitz has put Larry David on blast in the media saying that he's gets his politics from Hollywood and he doesn't read and he doesn't read uh-huh. and he likened you mean, me, you mean a writer doesn't read it gets worse he likened being shunned for being associated with trump to mccarthyism right because aligning yourself with a fascist is the same thing as communism yeah. I just love the knowledge that Curb Your Enthusiasm, that a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode happened in real life. And Larry David called Alan Dershowitz disgusting. And we didn't, it wasn't recorded, is the real shame. Um, TMZ I, might have some footage. Oh, okay. I'll, I just, it want, gets worse. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> if we do, if you do find that footage, you know I'm going to put the. so i got a side note in all of this craziness alan dershowitz alan dershowitz took his shirt off he took his shirt off in the middle of a martha's vineyard grocery store like play some basketball he was skins larry david with shirts he had and so, like, he's fucking Superman or a wrestler, like, fucking ripping his shirt off. Mm-hmm. But instead of exposing his, his self to a supermarket full of shoppers, he reportedly had a second shirt underneath. <laughs> that said, it's the Constitution, stupid. No, that's not, that's not real. Dershowitz confirmed. He planned and said this? and said that his wife made him that shirt to combat misconceptions about his legal representation of Trump. Okay, can I? Can we sit down with Dershowitz and his wife? <sighs> I feel like there's a lot of questions here. I mean, I want. Uh, this is just another example is- of of things to add to the list of how I know I must be in a coma because there's no way this shit is happening in real life. Well, I literally had a confrontation like this this weekend where I'm like. I have, like, you know, the men in black screening that I was talking to you about. I had to drop by Target to get a couple other things with my friend, oh, my friend, my friend's kids, it's a bunch of 12-year-olds who are all queer um, on, and on various spectrums of gender um, and, you know, ADHD and whatever. So um, we're like literally checking out, minding our own business. They're kind of stimming, so they're like a little bit excited and that's fucking fine. Fucking be yourself. Be who you are for your Anyway, so they're having a good time. A fucking Karen rolls up behind us and is like, you girls need to calm down. And I turn around and I'm like, sorry, these are children. If you need to talk to them, talk to me. And they're not all girls. And then she's like, well, what do they have in their pants then? Who are boys and who are girls? And I'm like... None of your business, my dear my dear pervert here in this target. We're turning around now. It sounds like you need some attention, but we're not gonna give it to you. And then she starts screaming, Are you gonna cancel me? If you Gen Zers are always canceled, you can't cancel me. I'm a professor of linguistics at Yada Yada College, which I definitely contacted later. And then dialing the cops, trying to get staff over, dialing to the, the cops because you won't tell them what gender the kids yep. are. Yep. 
Um, and then she was trying to get people behind her in on it. And they're like, millennials are like, uh, fuck no. And the saddest part is, is that the kids I'm with are terrified. And like, I literally have a cane, but also thinking in my head, because I'm a little bit full of myself. I'm like, she thinks I'm Gen Z. I must look good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure she didn't even realize I was an adult. Oh, okay. Um, so that's even scarier that they would roll up on a kid like that. Um, so anyway, we're just checking out and the, the cashier is shaking, like trembling. I'm like, I'm so sorry. We are going to leave directly after this. If this lady gives you problems, please talk to somebody like this is not okay. And I'm just like trying to check out and like, and then that's when I realized that my whole life I've spent in survival mode because I instinctually don't ever park in Target parking lots, I always park to the side so it's a quick getaway so I don't have to wait to get out. I don't assume I can't follow me. I can just get in, get out. Um, and so I got the kids out and I had to be like, um, you know, the reason why there's nothing wrong with you, you know, there's something wrong with the world and they're not caught up to you yet. And there's dinosaurs like that that are dying out and, you know, are basically death rattling. Their and death rattle is, is 911. Basically. And like, that was the second time in two days I, you know, was like almost assaulted for like literally just being with my kids, not even like I'm an obnoxious person. I'll be the first to admit that. But I also don't look for confrontation, especially involving kids. Right. Unless it's the Nirvana baby. And I'm like, put some pants on. Um, <laughs> hey, baby, put some pants hey, on. Hey, baby, this picture's is going to be forever. I'm going to call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just sucks because before I would get, I mean, this has kind of always been the story of my life, but like I would get a lot of hate for stuff that we did online that was not even controversial. So people would be after me for that. But it's almost scarier to me for people to be after me just for existing <laughs> Yeah. And not because of something I did online or said or whatever. I'm sorry that happened. And this is Los Angeles. So um, Mm. I can't imagine what it's like in other places. But it actually kind of made sense because when we went to the screening later, I had asked the security guard who kind of reminded my brother-in-law, like half my family's black. And he kind of reminded me. So I just said hi to him. And we started talking. And uh, I'm like, are you from here? And he's like, no, I'm from Los Angeles. We're in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, but it is is Los Angeles. Like, no, it's not. I'm like, you know what? You're right. It's not. (laughs) There's a distinction because there are just, whenever you go to a nice area, quote unquote, nice part of Los Angeles, it's because oh, it's suburban Los Angeles. It's still in the metro area. I mean, it's still like Los Angeles County and yada yada yada. But I'm just saying that, like, if there's a quote unquote nice part of so- Southern California, it's because it's gentrified and probably racist. Right. Um, that's how Orange County is. That's how a lot of these areas are. Anyway, speaking of old dudes, <laughs> really, that's the segue. <laughs> Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones died. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I was going to make a joke about him being super old, but, like, he's the same age as my mom. And l- probably led a slightly more reckless life. What? Your mom is, like, the edgiest motorcyclist drug abuser that I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been spending a lot of time with your mom lately. She's kind of thinking about doing a podcast with her. 
Ooh, God, that would be such a shit show. Um, uh, absolutely. That's why I want to do it. That woman is all accent and loves an F-bomb. Also told a really great story about bananas and rats. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm more of a Stones girl than a Beatles girl. I for love sure. That, love that they openly sold their souls. Good for them. Good for them. I do love that. I do wish they had a little bit more sacrilege. Like, could you at least say that you're better than Jesus once? Mm, but they saw a red door and they wanted it painted black. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, d- I really don't understand the fascination with the Beatles. I guess I do kind of. And like, obviously, other bands like the Ramones wouldn't exist, which, you know, also take it or leave it, to be mm-hmm. honest. But like, I just listened to the Stones back to back with the Beatles. And I'm like, we really are fucking. We're really like enabling these white men garbage that yeah, we're doing kind of all garbage whatever well yeah but i mean comparatively there's a clear garbage like and then like a garbage that is at least like the glad bag kind that has like the scented right like have you seen a have you seen a close-up picture of keith richard's hands right now like his old man hands i mean i will look it up it's intense it's intense um the photographer francesco I forget his I forget his last name now. His mom was the um his mom worked for Italian Vogue and he dated Lana oh, Del Rey. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took a, an amazing fucking picture of Keith Richards' hands. And it'll blow your mind how knotted and insane his hands are. You know he wrote a children's book? What? It's called Gus and Me. It's actually incredibly sweet. It's about um his relationship with his grandfather who kind of got him into music and it's a story about going to visit his grandmother sorry grandfather he transitioned (laughs) um no his grandfather and um and it's dedicated and it's actually written by one of his kids written by keith richard's kids that he it's really really cute and there's like a companion cd as well and now a word from our sponsor FierceTheaterCorn.com is where you can get the most fabulous apocalyptic gear out there. We have to wear masks, at least the smart ones. And why don't we look good doing it? I don't fucking know. Go to FierceUnicorns.com, an array of pop culture designs. Our favorite, the potatoes. Not pop culture, but also we're potatoes. Tiny we like potatoes. Representation matters. Get Pokemon, get My Little Pony, get Barbie, get Satanic, get even like their own in-house designs. Fabulous. Triple layered, toggled on the ends, handmade by the queers. Give the queers your money instead of buying things from Target or... Cynthia, help me out here. Bezos! (gasps) Bezos! That was a bad impression. But anyway, FierceGazerGardens.com has you for masks. Do you love these masks, Cynthia? I do. Max just started school yesterday, and I found out I not only have to send him with one mask, two masks. I have to send him with three masks to school. Three masks. So I went on FierceUnicorns.com. I plugged in the code obvious at checkout for my 15% off 
And it's I got O B V I O U S. I got him a Minecraft mask. I got oh. him the baby Yoda rainbow. <laughs> I got myself a Toki Doki. I got myself a little mermaid one. I got him a bunch of other ones and triple layers don't fall apart in the washing machine. They don't fall off his face like those fucking ones from Target do. What a fucking Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, what's the point if it's coming down off his nose? Like There is no goddamn point. So definitely worth every penny plus that 15% off. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. But, but you can beat off to it. Or in it. Or in it. We have a very exciting guest on the podcast tonight. Or this morning, or this afternoon, or in the twilight zone, wherever you are, we are talking to Carrie Zander. She is a good friend of mine. I'll put that, I'll get that out of the way if you think anything's inappropriate. Not to her. We're, we're close buddies. She is a writer. She went to Duke. Amazing. Wow. Love that. Um, very litigious. We don't have to talk about that part. Um, she did improv. You're a trained dancer. What didn't you do? Lots of things. Lots of things. Um, Never flown a plane. You've never flown a plane. You also, um, you never, you know, found a better friend group, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I settled. You settled. And, you know, I think you're in good hands. Shaky, weird, sick hands. But... I want to ask you some questions. Okay. Okay. Um, you did sort of trick me into being here. I did like, trick you. Play a game. And I was well, like, I also right. said, like, you know, I'm a dying woman. I need help. And then you got here and I had all this equipment set up. <laughs> and like, time to record. <laughs> um, but we are going to play a fun game. Are we? We are. Why, would, why are you doubtful? Okay. Because you just made up the game, right? I did make up the game. It's not a bad game. No, it's called Under Over. Which is we're gonna make why not over under or over under why are what the insubordination well, that's on this like podcast an actual, that's an actual like thing though with when people are okay. like what's the over under so like, which which one goes first over under over under the concept of this game is we're gonna make cases for whether we think something is underrated or overrated can okay. I start yeah we like to fight I don't know if you noticed <laughs> I mean we obviously love yeah, each Cynthia other are the two of us all of us all of us because I haven't thought with Cynthia. I feel, I know, and I feel like that would have been so much fun, but um, as you know, I'm burdened with great purpose with this podcast, and Cynthia's off, um, you know, screwing very hot boys in the Kokomo's. Is that a place? (laughs) Down in Kokomo, that's where Cynthia goes, and and makes me record solo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um okay so why don't you hit me with an underrated or overrated um are we going from that, this, this list that we do we don't have a list term? we're just this in, this smart and quick on our own i don't know what you're talking about what list <laughs> do adam smith who's adam smith wealth of nations father, What's wealth father of, nations? of capitalism What's capitalism? Invisible hand. What's fascism? <laughs> what is fascism? What's socialism? What is anything? What What's, is what is, is? What is what is um my purpose in life? Why are we here on Earth? Okay, Adam. That Smith. is a that is an amazing question, but also forty two of those. <laughs> Adam Smith is he underrated or overrated? Um, I actually say underrated, and that's where we end the podcast <laughs> because. Well, that's the whole thing is that people people misquote and misuse him all the time, particularly the the right. 
mm-hmm. you know? And so like they, they use it as just like, he, he was a philosopher mm-hmm. and his whole thing was actually had a lot to do with moral decency. And like when he's talking about capitalism, he's usually was talking about how it should go. And I think that people just sort of like deleted a lot of his vision and just took little pieces of it and stripped it of context and then decided like, yeah, yeah, sure. Invisible hand or use it to justify their worst instincts because it was really a moral philosophy at the end of the day. It was about like, Hey, if you make a lot of money, like, yes, you should have nice things if you make a lot of money, but you should also pay more in taxes. So other people are taken care of too. And people forget that part. And you know, so it's like, I feel like a lot of times when people are complaining about when we're complaining about capitalism, like are we actually complaining about like capitalism in theory or, or the version that we have right now, which is the bastardized version. And just so you guys know, she's ordering off Amazon while she's talking. <laughs> okay. Right now. I can see what you're saying, because, like, the same could, argument could be made for, like, Karl Marx, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. But, People make that all the time. With, with, they say uh, that all the time with communism. But I think that there's some responsibility to be taken on how things are interpreted versus how, your intent. Like... I feel like you could have the best intentions and come up with this thing and, and have people misinterpret it, but you still have some sort of responsibility for well, it. Well, not when people are egregiously bastardizing it. You can't, like, they have agency, too. Yeah, if somebody but you, is also, literally you also open the door, and just because people came in and trashed it doesn't mean they're not responsible for You can say that about anybody, though. But that does sound a little victim-blaming, doesn't it? What? It does sound a little victim-blaming. If you open the door, people trash it. You can't control if somebody has is, is interpreting something in bad faith. Mm. That's on them. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, there is no winning or losing in capitalism, so let's move <laughs> on. Um, I would say um, I got two. So we're going to say Caitlyn Jenner, obviously <laughs> overrated. Obviously, I like literally has killed a person. Very, very boring. Also, yeah, I feel like there there has to be no, some sort of no cons- personality, no charisma. I no. feel like I almost feel like, and this is not saying that she's not trans, but if I were to go full <laughs> conspiracy theory, I would say that she was planted to make trans people look bad. That's a, quite a conspiracy theory. I, I said, if I were, yeah, if you were a conspiracy to theorist. be a conspiracy theorist, hmm, um, I'm not out on that ledge. Okay, I didn't go out on a limb. I mm-hmm. can't even uh, walk unassisted anymore, so I'm definitely not in any trees. Um, but definitely, just just seems like they were. You know, she's always been awful, and I yeah. don't think that her gender is going to change that. Do you? Well, yeah. I mean, but do you think she's any like? She's a rich white Republican lady. She still you know, like has rich, all. T- t- line up all the rich white Republican women. Yeah. Are we going to like- hire a firing squad? <laughs> Is that where we're going with this? So you're, you're really sending me, up. You're sending me mixed signals because you're all like, yay, capitalists, but also like, let's kill all the rich white women. <laughs> no, no, no. And then line them all up, not to execute. Them. Oh, okay. Line them all up. Like in usual How subjects. You like way? usual subject style. <laughs> not usual subjects. Usual, usual suspects. suspect style. But <laughs> usual uh, Susans. Usual, usual Susans. Susans. The usual Karen. The usual Susan's, <laughs> usual Karen's. Um, um, no, no, no. We line them all up, and mm-hmm. they're all pretty terrible. Oh, agreed. That's why I keep giving my money away. You, all the money that I make so much money, I have to keep giving it away because I'm a rich white woman. <laughs> I just need to be rich white Republican woman. Oh, well. That's what I said. Like, line them all up. Then I don't have to give my terrible. money away anymore? 
Wait, but then that makes me a Republican automatically <laughs> if I keep my money. We're talking about Caitlyn Jenner. I'm oh, sorry. About, I'm talking about rich white We're not talking ladies. about me? No. Oh. I mean, we can't. I personally find myself very overrated. You had a really interesting over-under. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> the crows and Dumbo. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> the crows and tell Dumbo. Me, tell me why that's over or underrated. I think it's actually grossly underrated. Wow. Because they're... Um, because the whole problem with this whole thing is there's a lot of like racist characterizations <laughs> with those. And also, too, I believe one of the singers, one of the main singers was white. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have to verify that. But that's also extremely problematic casting wise. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one, pros I think, <laughs> yeah. Okay. As far as the, the whole like when I see Nelson Fly song, it's been a very long time since I've seen Dumbo, too. But, um, but that song, I think, is a bop. One, but at the same, <laughs> it is. It doesn't matter if it's racist if it's a bop. Um, yes and no. Um, <laughs> is isolate your variables, okay? Okay. It says if we're going to have a conversation about like if something's over or underrated, we have to talk about the aspects of it, which means we have to isolate the variables. The aspects um, you mean like the gelatin, the, the the, gelatin. like the mid-century gelatin dishes the mis- aspects, aspects, As- aspects. I think that's what they're called. Oh, I don't know that. So those dishes are called. They, like we used to put like mayonnaise and. Um, olives into <laughs> gelatin gross. dishes. Gross, yeah. gross, gross. They're my favorite. <laughs> um, okay, wait. That's how I got crumbs. Huh? That's how I got crumbs. From all that mayo? All I ate was aspects for <laughs> There's years. a friend of mine who's, like, just fascinated with, with the... Why, like, white Midwesterners really love mayonnaise. Yeah. Like, really, truly love mayonnaise so much. And um, <laughs> she's, like, a sort of, like politics twitter friend and she this was like during the primary she would always like post these weird videos of white people making really weird gross stuff um it, with mayonnaise she, <laughs> oh i thought she was so like- we would all send her stuff too we, she was like so fascinated by it but um but then she she nicknamed pete Buttigieg. she would call him mayo pete because she was like white midwesterners love him but yeah i'm not done talking about okay the tell me about the crows you're the racist crows okay um well here's the thing we I am black, FYI. Um, what? <laughs> what? I am an African American woman, and um, we learned a lot in my household. Like my sisters and I, we learned a lot about racism through the stuff that my parents used to watch. We watched a lot. Like if you look at old Looney Tunes, old Disney movies, um, even just like the stuff that they used to watch in general, like all old movies, because you know what, like everybody was racist so it's going to pop up in all of the media that you consume Mm. and so it was to me it's a really fascinating way like instead of just like censoring everything or feeling really puritanical about it um it is a really fascinating way to sort of learn about racism and about how people are portrayed about the attitudes of the day it also teaches you in a really weird sideways way like did they when, did they explore things outside of cartoons too like it's like obviously there's some there's some pretty obvious old racist movies oh yeah i mean like because the thing is like my dad i remember like we used to we used to sit down we liked those whodunits that were sometimes like all around a like i don't know like a dinner party or something or mm-hmm. he's, like, trapped like clue style yeah then and like we would watch i remember like the charlie chan mysteries and those were really messed up because Oof. just like in like breakfast at tiffany's with a horrible well, less Rooney. offensive than that less <laughs> offensive than that because that was just so bad so bad and also like the siamese cats and 
Lady and the Tramp are so. I think they edited them oh out. Or, oh no, they do. They do like disclaimers on Disney Plus now, where if like any of the old films or properties are racist, they do a warning before. Oh my gosh, those are those are bad. Those are worse than the crows to me. Um, wow. But like, yeah, they are. Um, we watched like the Charlie Chan movies and stuff, and it was, it was a white guy playing. Like it's yellow face. It's bad. But at the same time, we would still like watch the whole thing. So mm-hmm. it was interesting too to. And I, I, I remember this mostly with like a lot of Looney Tunes stuff too, um, where you would see these just really racist caricatures. And so much of the time you, you, were, you were like, these people are so talented in terms of like animation, in terms of their humor, in terms of their jo- jokes, they're bringing me joy, but they hate, they don't see me as an equal. They see us Which, as inferior. Isn't it kind of you know? delicious that like someone that they hate is enjoying their work? Yeah, Absolutely. Also, it depends on who you are, though, because, like, not everybody feels that way, but... Yeah, because, like, you're supporting... If you're supporting them monetarily, obviously, but, like, they're dead now. Yeah. But but I was also thinking, like, apparently even, like, the gloves and a lot of old animation has ties to, like, blackface. And jester. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and that's... I, I feel like that would have been a good question for the anima- animation professor that we had on a yeah. while back, but also, like... Not the like cool like how do you break the ice with that one? So <laughs> white gloves, racist or what? <laughs> Riddle me this: offensive or not? Mm-hmm. That should be the next game. Offensive, offensive or, not? or not? I guess it depends. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, I feel like you know to me like the there's so many messed up things about it, but like everything was racist at the time so it's just sort of like you're why are you picking this specifically and so sometimes when people go oh my god look at how racist the crows were i'm like this feels slightly performative to me because there's so many other things that you could be picking like well why don't we just paint black lives matter on the (laughs) on the cross section instead of actually enacting any kind of laws that protect black people but honestly i don't think that we're going to solve anything about racism until we get rid of those crows the crows have to go. Yep. The crows go first. You know, there's that, you know, canceling cops, the TV show, getting rid of the, the, the bootlicker from Paw Patrol, that kid's cartoon. I don't know and that. The the, well, there's a boot, I mean, not bootlicker. I mean, he is the boot that gets licked. He's a cop. It's a cop dog. Okay. And a kid's show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the performative, that's something that like, I didn't even realize until I heard more of my like POC friends or is that even like, am I even using that right? I feel like people forget what POC stands for. So you're like POC people, like it's you just said there. PCP, <laughs> but like you said people twice. It's like yeah. ATM machine, <laughs> but I, the, even the terminal term POC, I feel like even hits different. With oh, wait, people. what were your POC friends? Oh, oh, saying? well, they were just saying like how, um, just how like all these like it's basically like liberal washing or whatever, or neoliberalism. And I feel like the same way about like, uh, like the Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of that stuff. Cause like everybody was performatively, you know, posting a black square and yada, yada. And that's great. It's cool to see that solidarity, but like, what does it do, do in the long run? Like, Donate to some things, go out to things like. Well, what I found, okay, so this this conversation taking a turn into that, which is, I do not mind where it's taking a turn, mind you. And I it's, it's taking well, a turn. One hundred percent put my foot, my, sh- my foot, my foot, my sure. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's, I think, okay, here's what I remember. I'm, one, neoliberalism is not the issue. But no one's really using that term, right? It's, it doesn't mean I call liberal. it liberal trash. Well, no, well, they're not. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, there's so many meanings for things depending on the context of it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it's, like, it's, I also know that you love Kamala, and uh, you would hate, and you hate that I would call her Kapama. Well, it's actually extreme. A lot of that actually is racist, though. Yeah, because um, fair. And well, that's the the whole issue. Go that. into that because I'm interested. <laughs> Well, it, it depends kind of on what you're talking about. So it's like, well, for example, how many times did you hear people say that, like, Amy was a cop? You know, you had, you had more than one prosecutor. Did, wait, was through. anybody talking about Amy, though? <laughs> Sometimes. I, Clover, yeah, she's like, she looks like every, um, like, social studies teacher I ever had. <laughs> I was just like, so I, just I was like very, I mean, sure, you, you know, good for you, Amy. Also, what, who were you again? Like, I just, like, I don't think I, I ever talked like about... Uh, I don't, no, I she was random to me at first for a while, and now I'm, now I I'm a fan, but... I think so many of them were random to um, me. We are sort of bouncing around a bit, but... So here's the thing. A lot of times, people are picking up a lot of disinformation, mm-hmm. and because Kamala was one of the only people who actually had a legitimate track record with, like, doing things for the Black community... The intent by a lot of people, and um, this goes into a whole conversation about the media right. um, as well. And like right now, we are in the clickbait era of political journalism, and it's just regurgitated news. Where like, it's regurgitated news, it's hard- a lot of disinformation. You have yeah. a lot of um, like you know, for example, a lot of people don't realize like op eds are not fact checked. Op eds are not fact checked at all. And so, if somebody has an opinion and it goes into the New York Times, and there was one that went into the New York Times that was a very anti Kamala piece, but it's been debunked to death. But that's mm-hmm. one of the ones where, like, most anti Kamala pieces I forget. Were, were quote, it was, it was by the person who wrote it was uh, Laura Bazelon, who's like this law professor at a really, <laughs> like, at a really bad uh, law school that she, might lose She's a law professor at Legal Good Fun Time. Um, but incorporated. Like, but a lot of the stuff college. too is like it was debunked, and she pulled it from like a Medium article that had been. She went to the to same school and, like, as Better Call Saul. I'm like Breaking Bad. <laughs> but but yeah, a lot of the people were like, okay, crap. This person actually has like, a good good track record in terms of a lot of the stuff she's done. So how do we make it look? They were bad? threatened. Yeah, they were threatened. Because, I mean, so a lot of the stuff. But when you say stuff like 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 Kamala, I never called like, her Kamala. I just said, told me one time. I was it was a Ryan's birthday. I said it because we went for Korean food, and you were like. So I and you're like she's kind of a cop. I well, okay. There are some. There's a little bit of legitimacy to it, but I totally agree that, like, I mean, you saw it on a different level with Hillary, where it was just like, like she's not qualified. I'm like, friendo. She's more than qualified. She's beyond qualified. And also, she's going up against a reality star who's lost more money than made. Yeah. And puts, you know, ketchup on steaks. I'm pretty sure. Just, just a ketchup on steaks alone. Yeah. <laughs> disqualifies Trump know, as This president. is something that people, I think, are not aware of enough. And they don't really factor this into their own interpretation of um, pretty much, like, anything we pick up in, in the news, like, particularly with politics. But there's this whole thing. It's called, uh, informally called Merck's Law. And Merck's Law is the belief that, um, that mm-hmm. the press treats uh, Democrats as though they're the only ones who have any agency. So, you know, they act like... Republicans are just this like force of nature. Like they're like, it's just nothing, you know, they're not responsible for anything they do. Whatever happens, it's always Democrats fault. And, and a friend of mine, who's like another political Twitter friend, she has a theory too, that, that I think is very apt is that like Republicans are treated like men and Democrats are treated like women. So it's very, no. anytime anything goes wrong, it's like, you know, if, if there's some kind of attack or assault, it's like, well, what were you wearing? 
You know, it's like you were the one who is, yeah. And so if you actually pay attention to the way a lot of things are structured and framed and they're doing it, like they were just having like a feast right now with like, with, you know, Afghanistan and like everybody's saying like, leave, 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 leave these endless wars. And we're like, all right, so we're leaving. And then you're like, no, and they're all freaking out. And it's like, there are issues because it's complicated, but that was always going to be complicated. I think it has a lot to do with that. The bar is so low for Republicans. Mm -hmm. Um, and the bar is so high for Democrats because there is more morality, I believe, with, with Democrats. Oh, yeah. And they will actually like respond and take ownership and Republicans will never take ownership. And that's kind of a really fucked up lesson to teach people, too, where it's just like you'll be treated better if you act like an actual sociopath and selfish human being and a liar than, than you will as someone who, who is humble and yada, yada, yada. And it, what sucks is that like, I think that the left is so cannibalistic. Um, there's so much infighting. And I think that, and then maybe that's just because we're intellectuals. We're two intellectuals right now sitting down with each other and fighting with each other. Are and we fighting? We're, we're not fighting. fighting. We're mostly agreeing. But I'm saying that we, we get into the minutia of things and the right, they ain't got no beans in the brain <laughs> to rattle around and argue with each other. Yeah. they're just all anger no think all anger at the at the right but it's also how things are being propagated to them too you know yeah um but i think we're good on political conversations for the moment um, are we it's we're never good topic. we're never good but also poor isn't that has to edit this and she uh, does love to talk well, about politics to wrap, to wrap things up as far as like because you were saying you were curious as far as the whole like you know Kamala Harris thing there's a right. lot of disinformation and what I found is a lot of people who were critical of her on the left didn't fact check anything mm. they just immediately were like oh my god she locked up all these like parents for truancy and she didn't lock up anybody that's a lot and they were like and they would and that was like the whole thing is like the you know like truancy like you know like she was actually really doing great things for the community. Same thing about like she locked up all of these black men for like drugs and marijuana. And like, no, that didn't happen. The, mm. the like incarcerations went down. Like pretty much everything people like, you know, will bitch about with her didn't happen at all. And right. she actually did something really great. But you know, and I think and- it comes down to it where it's like she was a prosecutor. And, th- and that's another thing too. It's like a lot of times, you know, when you are um the attorney general, for example, you're the attorney general of California. You have like 1,100 lawyers who work underneath you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people will like go and they'll, they'll, you know, dig through the trash and try to find a case that seems controversial. And they'll be like, Kamala Harris did this when it was really just like somebody, you know, she, she's in an executive position and it's like they're taking a case and trying to make it look like she did stuff. And so when you go through most of the complaints, that's what I would find on the left is that nobody was fact checking anything. They weren't going to primary sources. Mm-hmm. They were just having like, like conversations within their silos and like blaming her for stuff she didn't do. Um, and that got exhausting because that's part of how we ex- experience racism is being held to a different standard, having our accomplishments diminished, having people believe that we have nefarious intent, mm-hmm. you know, being blamed for things you didn't do. And it's, just, it's, just, it's a combination of a lot of these. So there's a lot of misogynoir coming you know, at her direction to try to like knock her out of the race. And it's something else that people don't take into consideration is, you know, your poll numbers, your popularity when you are running. Um, it has a lot to do with how much coverage are you getting in the media and what kind of coverage are you getting in the media? And mm-hmm. so when most of the coverage is like, you know, and you can see this a lot, there was actually like a hashtag that would go through. Um, that was, uh, I was, they called it hashtag uh, operation block the black woman. Mm-hmm. And they would point out how she was being like, systemically erased from news coverage like whenever something would happen and you know she had this huge like you know 
black maternal health plan and it got like no coverage and then like elizabeth warren kind of came out with sort of a carbon copy of the same thing later and it got tons of media fawning coverage and it's like you know stuff like that alert so, the news white lady just white lady look and then people would just run up and be like they're like what is Kala done nothing and they were like actually, like, actually she did this before and she's the only person who just didn't cover it yeah you just didn't cover it and so I, that was a big that was a big 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 thing i think a big part of the of the left's problem is a lot of us are edgelords mm-hmm. so it's just like we want to seem like the most left most edgy most all the time whatever <laughs> and at some point it's like yes it's funny to make jokes yes it's funny to hate everything and just be kind of a nihilist uh, or an anarchist or whatever you uh, subscribe to but um, you have to also ca- you know factor in the fact that you need to be realistic when it, like you like for people who like just don't vote because they like I'm not going to participate in the system. The worst is if you you don't realize the people that caught get caught in the crossfire in the meantime because like you're saying you want to help people you want blah 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 but like progress sometimes is slow yeah and you have to compromise that and it fucking sucks. Well, the whole reason things are are the way they are. Is because people don't vote. They they don't show up, or they so right. The, the know, left is very apathetic. They believe a lot of dis and they spread a lot of disinformation themselves. Like yeah. that is a that is a strategy that Republicans use a lot. Is that they will spread disinformation. They know for lack of a better, a lot of people on the left, and they'll pick it up, and you can see them pick up talking points, like talking points that originated on Fox News. You would hear that a lot with people. You know, they would say like, "Oh, Obama had a super majority." It's like, well, technically no, because they had like blocked Al Franken from the Republicans had blocked Al franken from like you know taking his position at first because it was just like i think it was tied up in like litigation or something i can't remember what it was and then like ted kennedy died and then you know somebody else had like a heart the, attack a kennedy died huh nothing bad or happens to kennedy <laughs> and then like but yeah like the numbers weren't there so he didn't have the super majority like a lot of people on the left claim that he had it was it was literally a Mitch McConnell talking point that originated in Fox News and they all repeated it. I don't know why and people are listening like, to a turtle, man. I know. I'm just so glad. I literally talk to you so goddamn much, but it's nice to sit down and record a conversation <laughs> and then maybe we'll listen to exactly. it later um, and think, wow, our friendship really is that. Whatever that is, <laughs> whatever <laughs> rabbit hole that was, that's our friendship. Um, so when I die, hopefully soon, you'll have this memory. <laughs> did I actually give you? Oh, I think I did kind of write When Kamala whole, whole puts curve. me in jail, <laughs> you'll have this to think uh, of me. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> I really don't have a huge issue with her. I don't have a whole, huge issue with a lot of people on the right. Oh, on the right. I'm joking. That was a joke. Yeah. Uh, on the left. Well, right of my political ideology, anyway. Well, before we take this um, episode too far, <laughs> I want... Do you have any public social media for people to follow? I mean, I I barely use social media. I mean, I have my... My Instagram is on private. But, I mean, You're I am on Twitter. Like, yeah, I have, like... You live on Twitter. I don't. I don't actually... What? Interact with people. I, I, no, I lurk on Twitter, actually. Oh, okay. I lurk on Twitter because my favorite thing about Twitter, and again, going back to the politics thing, Twitter is like the backstage drama of politics. True. Because all of the journalists That's are on there, and they're so petty, and they're constantly trying to make the news, and you can see their machinations on Twitter. You can see what they're going through right now. 
Um, and, and they're really bad at hiding it as well. But you can see a lot of the journalist drama. And it, to me, it has taught me so much more, like, about the con- about who I'm getting my news from and what their whole like agenda, you know, oh, agendas are. I mean, are. yeah, you've got to get into they're all people. freaking out right now. They're all freaking. They don't have access to this. Like, like New York Times right now is like they they were all about access journalism during the entire Trump years, and so you had like Maggie Haberman, whose mother worked for the Kushners, Oof. and so she had all of this access to Trump, and so it was just this horrible. Just really, really like their their politics desk is not great. I really and, hate um, that their last name is Kushner because that's such a cute name, <laughs> but like just attributed to such a terrible person. Yeah, that is a shame. Wouldn't it that suck if your last name was Kushner and you said nothing to do with them, like nothing at all? Oh my god! I have goodness. a friend who's, who's like middle. Her middle name is Cheney, and she would like oh. she thought about like using that as a stage name because she was, was an actor, and she's like, no, I can't. My do last it. name is Polly Shore. And it's oh, really caused some really, problems for me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for being on. And thank you for this beautiful thesis on what? racism <laughs> and media that you gave us. <laughs> no, I actually, I, mean, I love it because I, that's the coolest thing about, and this may be a little bit nerdy, but like about having such a diverse friend group is because I will never be able to completely understand uh, the experience of someone not a race of me, but I can listen to them and I can t- and take that information and do with that hopefully good things and not weird things. Yeah, yeah. What would I just thought of something. I, do with it? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, I have I have thought before I lose it because I I always forget like literally a something will fly into my head and I'm like I forget it. Yeah, bookmark this. But um, I think something that would be really under underrated as in I don't think this exists. But I feel like it would be fun if there are a podcast which where you have people from like different parts of the left, you know. And so like so because you Sarah Silverman did this, did she? Well, not for the left that she was interviewing like very bigoted people on the right. Yeah, no, no. I I think we need to have one where it's just like people who consider themselves leftists, degrees of the left, degrees of. Yeah. people who consider themselves and not that i'm against having like guests 98 degrees right. of left but like people sitting down because i feel like it's a lot of times people treat it especially like accelerationist leftists treat it like it's a zero-sum game and i don't really see a lot of intelligent conversation between like leftists and people who like me are like more center left who oftentimes get mislabeled moderate or that's like a whole thing that they do to kind of like smear people's actual beliefs is they'll say like, Oh, you're moderate. You're like a conservative Democrat. That's almost also side note. One of the more racist things that comes out of the left. Like when, you know, when they talk about like black voters specifically, they're like, Oh, well black voters are really conservative. And it's like, well, it's not entirely true. You know, it seems like they're, they're also the people that are the most marginalized and want to get Republicans out of office. They want to hedge their bets towards someone who's going to win. Yeah. You can't call yourself progressive if you aren't making progress. And some, and people have have difference of visions of progress. You can't call yourself progressive if you're Campbell's. Campbell's? Soup. (laughs) Okay. That's our episode. (laughs) Carrie, thank you so much for being on. Oh, (laughs) God. Love to see you. Love to hold your hand. I'm literally holding your hand. tricking me into being. (laughs) No problem. I hope all this is, you know, I feel like the game, once once you you figure out the... the, Under over. Yeah, I feel like it has to be, like, quicker instead of... And later... Somebody has to wrangle us. later, Later we'll play Leapfrog. A huge thanks to our guest, Carrie Zander. What a fucking delight. Check out our brand new website, mastersoftheobvious.com, for new episodes, news, and merch. Our Instagram, at Masters of the Obvious, Facebook, at Masters of the Obvious, and Twitter, at Masters of the O.
Please don't forget to leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts and to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on to get notifications for new episodes and to keep our numbers up. Thank you for listening. And we love you like a lot for putting up with this. We have a brand new website. I am so fucked. My energy is so low. I'm so fucking, I'm so depressed. Please keep that in. Oh, I'm so depressed. <laughs> I'm so sad. We have a brand new episode and boy, we have a brand oh boy, new am I website depressed. and boy, could not care less. <laughs>